You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, we've just been singing a song about the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. We'll call his name Emmanuel, God with us. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the Christ, the Anointed One. He is the Lord, the King. He is Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. What a great and awesome privilege it is to come before you tonight, Lord, in our worship. And we pray now as we look at your word that, God, you would, um, you would make us attentive to what we hear. Father, as we hear truth from your word, would you stir in our hearts to the person who's a follower of Christ, who's so excited about this time of the year and the recognition of the Savior coming, right across to the person who maybe not even sure why they're here tonight. I pray, God, that your spirit would work and you would give us ears to hear your word, minds to comprehend it through the power of the working of your spirit in us, and then faith, God, faith to live these things out for the glory of our Savior, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. You can take your seats. And we're going to be looking at one verse tonight. Uh, The verse is found in John chapter 1 and uh, verse 29. We'll get there in uh, uh, just a moment. But uh, welcome. We're glad that you are here and uh, thankful for a great season together. It's it's kind of weird, eh? Without snow on the ground, it's like, is it really going to be Christmas? Like, we're that vain, I think. Maybe I'm the only one who's that vain. I'm just like, is it really Christmas? There's no snow. And... uh, Yes, it is, because Christmas, I checked, it's not about snow. It's about Jesus Christ, and that's the focus. And so it's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, you think about what was going on that night. Um, Mary and Joseph have arrived in Bethlehem. Uh, She is nine months pregnant. She's about to have a baby. There's no room in the inn. They're going to have the baby and and lay the the baby in a manger. Um, It's the night before the baby's born. Mary is watching and contemplating and wondering, and Joseph is wondering and contemplating and wondering all these things that have gone on, and uh, their focus has been on um, just trying to keep themselves together through this time. People have questioned them and wondered, and God has comforted Mary to not fear. God has comforted Joseph to not fear, and hey, church, it's It's a time for Jesus to be born. It's time for the king to come. It's time for the savior to come to earth. It's Christmas Eve. The shepherds have not yet met the angel. The hosts have not told them about the glory of God and all the rest. They're they're not yet on their way to Bethlehem. The the wise men have not yet seen the star. They haven't begun their journey to come, which took them to Jerusalem and then eventually down to um, to Bethlehem. It's, It's the night before. It's the night before. The King of Kings will send his son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. You know, there's a verse in John chapter 1. It's what we're going to look at. John the Baptist uh, makes this statement. Um, It's not part of the Christmas narrative because when John says it, Jesus is about 30 years old. He's just beginning his public ministry. Uh, but, but it's also well before the death and burial and, and uh, uh, the crucifixion and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And, and John says these words in John 1 and verse 29. It says, the next day he, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The goal of the message tonight is to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You've been all been busy. I've been busy. Been running around like little chickens with their heads cut off, wondering if we're going to get it all together and people are coming and have we got it all figured out and it's time to stop and time to focus and behold the Lamb of God. Last week... Um, Fortunately, in God's timing, I wasn't preaching. Daniel was preaching. And Saturday afternoon, I got hit with the flu. Uh, I don't, it doesn't happen to me often, but I was out. I was done. Um, Saturday afternoon, um, to the point Sue goes, I, I was sitting in the back room trying to watch football, but I, every, my, the world, every time I moved, was starting to act silly. Right? It was just like that. And uh, Sue goes, go in the front room, lay down on the couch, and have a rest. And so I got up, didn't even have the energy to turn the TV off. The, I was watching a football game, and, and uh, I just walked in and laid down on the couch and just tried to get to sleep. Sue was in another part of the house, and she loves playing music. It's always playing in our house all the time, and she was playing Christmas carols. And so there I am laying on the couch, and in the one ear, as it were, I have a football game. I can hear from the other room, and in, in, in the other ear, I can hear worship in Christmas carols. I had the busyness of everything going on in one ear and then the focus of what it should be about in the other ear. And uh, I was too sick to get up and change the channel or turn it off. And I didn't want to yell to my wife to do it. And so I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision that I'm going to focus not on this, but I'm going to focus with my worship on what's going on in these songs. And although I was feeling awful, had one of the greatest times of worship I've had in a long time. See, that's what we need to do right now. That's what we need to do sometime over this next day or so. We need to turn off all of that other distraction and get our focus on what this is really, really all about. And I think John summarized it. John the Baptist summarized it really well in the Gospel of John. So I just want to walk us through the verse tonight and give us some things to think about on Christmas Eve. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The first word is behold. Behold. And what does behold mean? Well, the definition is to observe a thing or a person especially remarkable or impressive. Behold. Have you ever seen somebody walking along and you go, that person is famous? And you grab the person and you go, look, look, look. Uh, Sue and I were in the uh, Fort Lauderdale airport in 2015. Uh, we were coming back from a vacation and, and uh, I look up and and there's past Prime Minister Brian Mulroney walking through the terminal. Now, when I first saw him, it's like, is that really him? Because I'm thinking, like, where are the bodyguards and where are the people who protect him? Hey, if you're a Prime Minister, you get nothing once you're out of the office. You're on your own. The President of the United States, he's got a whole posse around him hey, the whole time, the rest of his life. Not so with the Prime Minister. And so Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, he's walking around. He comes in and he sits down. And as he comes on, you can just see people. Look, look. Look, and I'm like, Sue, look, that's Brian Mulroney. I'm sure that's Brian Mulroney. And he sits down, and a couple people went up and said hi to him. And I said, I'm not normally like this. I'm not normally like I want my picture with people. 
But I'm like, I want my picture with that guy for sure. And so I went over and started to talk to him, and he engaged in conversation. And Sue came over, and she took a picture of, of the two of us. And then um, I took a picture of them. And I didn't bring them tonight because I don't want to boast and all the people that I know. And, uh, um, but I got, to meet, I got to meet him. But as, as we're all watching, we're like, look, look, behold, behold. Somebody important is in the room. Well, that's what's going on here, only this person is far more important than any prime minister or any president or any athlete. This is Jesus Christ. And, and John the Baptist, who was the forerunner, he was the guy going before to announce who is coming. Jesus Christ is coming. It's like, there he is. Behold. I put in the notes that uh, there's one way. One way. We need to behold or look. That word is used 29 times in the New Testament. John uses it 15 times in his book. The word behold is critical. Behold, you have to see Jesus because Jesus is the solution to the world's problem. Jesus is the solution to man's need. Man needs a Savior, and Jesus is the answer. And so when John says, behold, look at Jesus, that's a great thing for all of us to consider. Look at Jesus. Behold, behold. Salvation comes when we behold him. The verse goes on and it says, um, the Lamb of God, this speaks about the work, the, the Lamb of God. I brought my little friend with me tonight, my little lamb friend, and uh, behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. Uh, Sue said she had one in cubbies that was a, um, a puppet. And I said, do not dare give me a puppet because I'll start some ventriloquism thing in church and it's going to be the end of all of us for sure, right? And behold the lamb. What did that mean to them? As they thought about the lamb, the lamb that had to be sacrificed had to be a perfect one. It was the one that was the most valuable, obviously, because it, had three, it didn't have three legs. It had all of its legs. It was the perfect one. It was the most valuable one. It was a and so when John says, behold the lamb, for them with the sacrifices and all that they understood, that, that, that was significant for them. This one who was the savior, this one who was gonna suffer and die in our place, behold the lamb. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb of God. The one, the only one who was sufficient to be able to pay a price that we couldn't pay for our sin, to pay a debt I couldn't pay, to receive a gift that I didn't deserve. Behold the lamb. Exodus 12, 5 says, your lamb shall be without, without blemish, a, a male a year old. Isaiah 53, 7, talking about Jesus, says he was oppressed, he was afflicted, and yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that's before a shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. The picture of the lamb is the picture of innocence. Behold the lamb, Jesus Christ, the innocent one, the one who has no sin, who became sin for us. The one who made the voluntary sacrifice on our part. The one who stood in my place. The one who made atonement for me. The one, the only one who had the redemptive power so that I could have eternal life. See, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. A perfect lamb had to be sacrificed so that my sin could be covered and washed away and dealt with, and that was done in Jesus Christ. John the Baptist says, behold 
the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. In the Old Testament, they were always looking for the Lamb. Uh, we talked about on the weekend about um, Isaac and uh, Abraham. And uh, there's Abraham taking his son up, and they're making ready for the sacrifice, and he's about to kill his son, and his son's like, Dad, 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 where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? God will provide. God will provide. And in John 1, 29, God does provide. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's our hope. That's the last part of the verse. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's not the sins of the world. It's the sin of the world. It's not a bunch of individual things that Christ will accomplish. It's all of sin that he will deal with. That's what Christ will cover. That's what he will accomplish. You know, I'm trying to think of what's a good way for us to picture that so that, that we would understand it. Because sin here is singular. It's all my sin. So you might think, if, you know, if I'm just good enough, if I can kind of get eight out of ten on the I've dealt with stuff in my life, I'll be okay before God. Eight out of ten might be a good score that you could tell your parents you've got 80% and they'd be happy. Eight out of ten doesn't accomplish what God requires. God doesn't require some of your sins to be dealt with. God requires all of our sin to be dealt with. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin, all of it, all of it, of the world. So how can I explain that in a way that would be helpful for you? Um, I got thinking about debt because often sin is pictures as debt um, in the scriptures. And um, so if you have debt, let's say you have uh, car debt and house debt and credit card debt and student loan debt and maybe a bad investment debt or maybe you owe your mother-in-law some money. You're in debt, believe me. You're not out of debt until all of the debt is gone. You're not out of debt. So you get the house paid off. Yeah, but you still got the credit cards. Yeah, but you get the house and the credit cards and your student loan and the bad investment. Yeah, but you still got your mother-in-law to deal with. So you're not out of debt until all of the debt is gone. That's what Jesus Christ came to do. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away all the debt, our sin. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, of the world. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says. There's not one person who's righteous. None is righteous, not even one, not one single person. So the sin of the world had to be taken care of. And this Lamb of God, this Jesus Christ, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's Christmas Eve and Jesus is about to be born so that he could come and live the perfect life as the spotless lamb so that he could suffer in your place. He could pay a price you couldn't pay, a debt you couldn't pay, accomplish what, to satisfy the wrath of God that could only be accomplished through his work so that by faith alone in Christ alone, by believing in what he did for you, by putting your trust in Christ alone for your salvation, you can have eternal life. That's why Christ came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we rejoice in the work of our Savior. See, you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift. You have to receive it. Tonight, by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, you can have the promise and the hope 
of eternal life. Behold the Lamb of God. That's why Christ came. That's why we have Christmas, to take away the sin of the world. Well, so what? So what? It's Christmas Eve. In just a few hours in the narrative, Mary will behold the Lamb of God. Joseph will behold the Lamb of God. I'm sure there are other people who are going to show up who are going to behold the Lamb of God. The shepherds will show up and behold, and they will worship the Lamb of God. Eventually, the wise men are coming to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem. They're going to bring their gifts. They're going to bow. They're going to worship, and they're going to behold the Lamb of God. And down through the generations, many, many, many people have looked and seen, and they can say, Did I, I behold, behold the Lamb of God. Tonight, will you behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Hey, follower of Christ, that's our entire hope. It's all right there. It's all in that basket. And we should be rejoicing in that and thrilled in that and celebrating in that. And if you're here tonight, somebody brought you, you're not even sure how you got here, and you need to figure out what you do want to do with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came so you could have a life that you didn't deserve, eternal life through the work that he would do on the cross for us. And Christmas is the beginning of that human part of that story so that Christ could be the lamb who would suffer and be sacrificed for your life, for eternal life, that God would be glorified through his work and glorified in your life. What will you do with Jesus Christ? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that we find in the statement that John the Baptist said as he looked and he saw Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the one who paid the price I couldn't pay so I could have the life I do not deserve. God, I pray that you would work in the hearts and lives of the people in this room, those who are in Christ, that we would rejoice in this season and then live out of the abundance of that for your glory and for the people who are here tonight who've never trusted Christ. This would be the day. I need a Savior. And he is the Savior. And his name is Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. God, teach us from your word to rejoice in this Christmas season and all you've accomplished for us in your son, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name.